Welcome to the Tomination Time podcast. I normally stream diet and fitness on Twitch with my waifu Helen. These podcasts will be edited portions of the stream. We'll go over diet, fitness, motivation, ergonomics, and more. Don't forget to follow us on twitch.tv slash Tomination Time and leave your notifications on for when we go live. Eat Supreme says, if you remember that arm workout I like doing, which, no, sorry, I don't remember it. Uh, and you're doing a four sets of it, you're doing four sets of it in a core ab workout. And then you're thinking of doing um, three sets of it, even though it's 10 minutes, one, and I'll turn over a bit too much when it's getting time to the workout. So Eat Supreme, I know your history a bit, which is in the past, and feel free to correct me. Um, you've been struggling with motivation. You've been struggling with staying consistent. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the most optimal workout, I really don't care that much. Uh, I care much more about you sticking to it and finding something you don't hate and really building the habit. Like right now, I think the critical thing to do is to build a habit where you stay consistent for like a couple of months. If you can stay consistent for a couple of months, that uh, the amount of effort you need to keep working out should drop because it becomes a habit. Um, the second thing is, if you stick with it for a couple of months, you might see progress. And if you see progress, that's going to help you... Um, that's going to help reinforce. It's going to be basically a self reinforcer where you're going to continue wanting to see more progress and you're going to want to keep trying harder. Uh, similar thing, a similar analogy you can make for video games. Like uh, if you play a video game that's too hard, it's kind of depressing. Like you get nowhere and it fucking sucks. Like you're just constantly dying and you get rolled by the bosses, uh, by the by the basic mobs um, versus if it's too easy. Like you don't see any improvement. You don't see a challenge. Humans, a lot of us have a... Um, we have this innate desire to improve and get better and see that progress. Where the progress is, we love seeing progress. So um, if you can find a way to tap into that, that can really reinforce these habits. So all that being said, um, finding, um, I will comment on your workout routine, but I don't think it matters as much as you and your enjoyment factor and sticking with it. He says, uh, he sees the progress already. He loves these workouts. He's going to try, st try to stick to it till summer. My mental state is already much better than it used to be. Awesome, man. Um, I will say that if you feel like, e Eat Supreme, if you feel like you're at the point where you want to see more progress and you're ready to challenge yourself more and you're at a more optimal state, um, then I think it'd be a good time to choose more optimal workouts that's going to get you better progress, rebuild more muscle, all that stuff. So um, all that being said, his workout right now is he does push-ups, shoulder taps, up and down plank, elevated push-ups, and dips, 45 seconds on and off. Okay, um, so what's your question? I don't understand your question. So you're thinking about doing 10 minutes or three sets of this, even though it's 10 minutes. So it'll turn out to be a bit much to this time, get getting time to work. I don't understand your question. Like, is your question that you, uh, you think it's, is it, is this an okay routine? Are you worried that it's too much? You're doing too much or doing too little. I don't understand the question. Um, I will say just from like commenting on this, you're doing push movements and you're doing some abs. Great. I think in general throughout the week, you should also hit legs and you should also hit uh, pull movements. So pull movements are difficult to do without, without equipment. So if you can get a pull up bar, get some dumbbells, get some resistance bands, any of those, you do any kind of uh, horizontal or vertical pull. That's fantastic. Throw that in. 
um, try to equate number of sets and reps that you're doing with put with your push with pull. So for example, if you're doing nine sets of pushups, cause you're doing like three sets of pushups, three sets of shoulder taps, uh, which shoulder tap could be arguably not a push, but fuck it. Let's just say it's push three sets, pushups, three sets, shoulder taps, uh, three sets, elevated, uh, pushups and three sets of dips. So 12 sets, let's just say then you should also be doing 12 sets of pull movement. So you do like, uh, pull-ups or pull-up negatives. Pull-up negatives is a progression towards regular pull-ups that people can do. If you cannot do a single pull-up, do pull-up negatives. Um, and then you can do, uh, also you can do resistance band rows. You can do, um, curls. You can do dumbbell rows, stuff of that nature. Um, as a very simple, very simple comment on your plan. I would throw in pull movements. I would throw in legs, legs, same thing. Try to throw in about equivalent number of sets per week as you're doing for push. So if you're doing uh, again, 12 sets of push per week, I would just very simply throw in 12 sets of legs, ha- split up however you want over one, two or three days where you're doing stuff like body weight squats, uh, Bulgarian split squats, goblet squats, stuff like that. Okay. Anyway, you won't be able to get those equipments because it's hard to get your parents to get you those. Not for me because of them. Sure. Understandable. If you have a situation with your parents where it's difficult to get this equipment, then at the, the cheapest thing I would get is consider talking to them about either getting a $20 set of dumbbells. If you can find it in this coronavirus, uh, coronavirus time, right guys? Actually, I think they're restocking that kind of stuff these days. I, I think dumbbells are starting to come back in at reasonable prices. Um, dumbbells or resistance bands or a pull-up bar, any one of those could be like 20 or 30 bucks as a single piece of equipment to invest in. So anyway. <clears throat> All right, so anyway, you might stick to this. You will send a uh, ab core routine. Honestly, ab core routine, I don't really care. As long as it's not hurting you, like it doesn't hurt your back and you enjoy it and you feel some kind of effect, like you feel a burn, dude, just go ahead and do it. Exclamation mark abs. If you want to see my abs routine, um, but that requires some equipment that you don't have, um, is basically, uh, weighted cable crunches, hanging leg raises, which are difficult to do with no equipment. And then I do, uh, bicycle crunches and planks, which you can do with no equipment. Adaman asks, do you rather pick like uh, whiskey instead of beer because of calories and stuff? So when it comes to alcohol and getting drunk, I mean, having fun and eh, same thing. What I prefer to do is I have a flow chart of ideas. Okay, so <coughs> why am I drinking? Am I drinking to get drunk? So I feel that feel the buzz feeling or am I drinking because of a, um, you know, I, I feel socially pressured to I'd rather just not. But I'm at a party. And I want to have a drink in my hand. Um. Now, of course, the assumption, underlying assumption is you're trying to cut and you're trying to lose weight and you have alcohol. You have alcohol is in the um, uh, question. So if you are trying to just get that buzz, then I would just stick to hard liquor like whiskey, have a little bit, right? Because that's per per cal, uh, the amount of calories is quite low. It's pretty much just pure alcohol, which is what you're going for if you want to get that buzz. You don't need, you don't want the extra carbs and stuff from beer. That's kind of unnecessary calories. And alcohol will get you where you want to go very quickly. So on an empty, like, so like, I'll give an example. When I was watching Game of Thrones back in the day when Game of Thrones was, was going on. Uh, and if I was cutting during Game of Thrones season, I would save my dinner for Game of Thrones. Like I would, I would hold off on eating dinner until Game of Thrones. I would have sip of my favorite whiskey at the beginning of the show get a good buzz because I had an empty stomach and just like an ounce of whiskey was enough to get me buzzing for the show just relax and enjoy and then I would eat my dinner immediately after and that was just a very good combo to still work in um, a little bit of alcohol while still enjoying it and you know tracking my calories all that stuff 
So now the other extreme, like let's say you're at a party, you go, you frequently hang out with friends and they all drink a lot and you feel kind of pressure to just keep drinking or to have something in your hands. Uh, I would go for a light beer, the lightest stuff and just sip on it slowly and just kind of nurse it because light beers is a lot of water with a little bit of alcohol in it. And of course, you're probably not going to get that drunk off of it. If that's your goal, then you know, you might want to switch gears um, or just again, kind of sip things slowly. Now, of course, there's also the issue of if your friends continue to pressure you constantly and they don't understand, if you try to talk to them about like, hey, man, get off my back, like I'm, I'm cutting calories right now, uh, then, you know, consider talking to your friends or changing your group of friends. If they constantly pressure you to the point of holding you down, that is a separate conversation for another time. That is something to think about. I had another question just now about um, how to negotiate cookie eating with um a family member, which can be tricky. How, to, how you go about that conversation is tricky because everyone's kind of different in terms of like what their what their ego is doing to protect them versus um, maybe they think that you're attacking them or they just don't understand where you're coming from. You should explain yourself, that kind of stuff. So it's very complicated from that, that angle. But anyway, in terms of alcohol, that's usually what I go towards. Um, uh, if you're trying to enjoy alcohol and cut calories, a couple other generic tips, I would go for a diet. If you're going to do a mixer, I would do a diet soda instead of a regular soda um, because of the calories. And no, artificial sweeteners are not going to kill you if you have like a single artificial sweetener. It's very overblown, the danger of artificial sweeteners. Examine.com debunks that quite a bit. Just don't go crazy and consume a ton of artificial sweeteners every single day. Um, once in a while is fine. So... Uh, for the, I would do that for mixers and then for um, alcohol in general, just go for the lower carby, simpler tasting stuff. What I mean is um, some wines are very sweet. That's definitely going to have less alcohol and more sugar. Um, again, it depends what you're going for, but I'm going with the assumption of you want to reduce calories and just get a buzz of some kind. So um, hope that makes sense. But yeah, straight, straight tequila, straight whiskey, straight, straight hard liquor in general is going to give you that effect of more alcohol for less calories. <clears throat> it's just, so pew pew, it's just if you have like, um, let's say hard liquor, hard liquor is gonna be like something like 70, 70 calories per ounce, and um, that's gonna be for that amount of alcohol, if you, if you compare that amount of alcohol to a typical beer, like let's say an IPA beer, those are popular these days, they're a bit more carby. Meaning it's going to be the same amount of alcohol, like 70 ish calories from that, plus an additional 30, 50, 80 or more calories from the carbs that comes with that beer. So that's that's kind of the whole um, the calorie differences I'm talking about here. Uh, Adam says, do you have any idea if red wine is better than white? Um, off the top of my head, I think it depends on the sweetness. That's like the simplest. Um, rule of thumb to go by is how sweet or dry does it taste sweeter usually meaning it's going to have more sugar in it and less alcohol versus the drier it is it's going to have more um, of the alcohol and less sugar so that's that's what comes to my mind right now but you can double check that and accidentally Carlos says as someone who doesn't really drink if people get really pushy at a party I tell them I'm recovering alcoholic or because of my religion or something works like a charm uh, if you want to go that route go for it um, yeah, so uh, you guys get the idea. Another one, too, is like someone's mentioning earlier, like seltzer water plus vodka and just sip on that slowly. That's another good example of something you can just sip on. So a lot of different strategies for this. At the end of the day, if your goal is weight loss, try to reduce calories in a, in a way that is sustainable and still enjoyable or instead of enjoy not something you don't hate. 
Because sometimes things aren't always enjoyable when you're cutting. Like, let's be real. If you're dieting down, it's not always going to be something that you love. It could just be something that you just don't hate. All right. Anyway, um, Travi Bizzle says something I guess I did real over well enough in my nutrition book is inflammation. I think you meant um, something I did not read over well enough in my nutrition book is inflammation. When people are talking about inflammation in the body, what exactly are they referring to? Um, it depends, but usually inflammation is kind of a catch-all term for things that are causing problems in the body. To be specific, it could be an allergy. It could be just other general inflammatory markers. It could be a body's uh, the immune system response. It, it typically is some sort of immune system response that, that's um, causing the inflammation. But a couple of things that matter is not inflammation is bad. And what we're really concerned about is a chronic inflammation that's causing an actual problem. So if you guys don't know this, all kinds of foods and diseases cause inflammation on a daily basis, but it's not enough to actually cause a problem. Some inflammation is good. I'll touch on this really quick. So take, for example, exercise. What does exercise plus vegetables plus obesity plus smoking, all four of those, what do they have in common? And the answer is they all cause inflammation. It's just the type of inflammation caused and how we respond to it is different. Vegetables have toxins. Guys, if you didn't know this, vegetables have toxins. One weird thing about vegetables, they're toxic. They literally have toxins in them. But one of the benefits of vegetables and same with exercise is it, it causes inflammation, which causes then a response where we, we respond to it in a way we come back stronger. So a lot of the health benefits from veggies uh, can come from the fact that it, it's, it's slightly toxic. It's called a hormetic effect or hormesis, where a little bit of a bad thing is actually good for us and it produces a good response, which is like, for example, exercise. We're breaking down our body in the act of exercising, but during that act, it's going to make us stronger because we're, we're, our body will respond to it and make us stronger in a lot of different ways. So um, all that being said, Travi Bizzle, I just want to kind of set the stage that it's not... It, talking about inflammatory foods is not complete BS. There's some truth to it. But at the same time, on the opposite end of the... So there's like always like two extremes going on. The evidence-based crowd, they'll say stuff like... Life, 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 life. He's, He's talking, talking about, about inflammation? inflammation? What pathway? What, pathway? what, study? what study? study? Name it. Name it. What, are what are you talking about? How dare you talk about inflammation? Talk about inflammation. Now, inflammation is a real thing. It happens. We know it's a real thing. It's just under what context are we talking about? And on the other extreme, uh, a lot of shysters are selling anti-inflammatory everything. So um, the real truth, I think, lies in talk, uh, paying attention to functional medicine doctors and paying attention to symptoms. So uh, my favorite resources for this are, uh, if you want to look up more about this stuff, look up some podcasts and YouTube videos. Uh, Mark Ruscio. R-U-S-C-I-O. He's one of my favorites. He's a doctor who focuses on inflammation. And he explains legitimate pathways and how this stuff works. He's very practical with his advice and he doesn't go overboard on like labeling everything as bad. Uh, also uh, a fan of FX Medicine. That's another podcast. And also pretty good. Phoenix Helix and Power Health Talk. I think those are also other good resources to kind of like break down different types of inflammation. Um, all that being said, for um what was the practical takeaway for someone concerned about inflammation? The practical takeaway is, do you have any kind of symptoms or problems that are chronic? Chronic inflammation, autoimmune disease, stuff like this. If the answer is yes, then I would start analyzing things in your life and start considering elimination, elimination diets or, or changing up lifestyle habits. Um, that kind of stuff can... Um, 
be life-changing for a very low risk. So the example I usually go back to is gluten. Gluten is not just for celiacs. Or it's not just a concern for celiacs. Their non-celiac gluten sensitivity is in fact a real thing. There's been really good studies on that and one done by um, um, a hospital in Italy. They looked at thousands of patients and really good statistical uh, statistical power because it was just I think it was around twenty thousand patients, and they showed that yes, indeed there was a correlation with non-celiac gluten sensitivity. It's a real thing. There is also really good um, uh, pathways that are confirmed through. Um, uh, gluten, the protein upregulating zonulin inside of the intestines, which can lead to in increased intestinal permeability, which then could lead to a hypothesized issue with leaky gut or a hypothesized um, pathway in which pathogens or undigested food can slip in and cause issues, right? That's the hypothesis part that maybe this is causing uh, all, that's the source of chronic inflammation, maybe, right? It's a hypothesis. And so in my case, though, personally, that was enough information for me to experiment with it. And I eliminated gluten from my diet and it pretty much took out my um, ankle spondylitis my as pretty much resolved through that and also de-stressing I mean, that was an important part too but i think the the gluten stuff i made a um a very concerted effort to check my to check my body's response through my pain from ankylosing spondylitis with the gluten i was consuming if you want to read more about that exclamation mark leaky gut or to go to tomnationtime.com slash leaky gut and uh go check it out there so um Anyway, so Travi Bizzle, if you want specific pathways regarding inflammation and which pathways they're talking about, I would go check out Mark Ruscio. I think he does a good job sensibly explaining how this inflammation works in the body in different ways. The short answer is if you're suffering from, from some sort of chronic inflammation, autoimmune disease, and the doctors can't figure it out, it's nothing obvious, then this is where troubleshooting through elimination is a, a very simple and really low risk way of just seeing if your life improves from it. Bros and Bloke says, how do you refuse, refuse cookies without upsetting a significant other's mom who baked it? Haha. -ha. Uh, so this is a very interesting discussion because we're talking about just trying to reduce food and cut out junk food, especially now during COVID-19, if you are in a confined environment and you've basically like with the people you're living with you're kind of forced to be around that food because we're talking earlier about Stefan Guillenay's uh work regarding obesity research and just distancing yourself out of sight out of mind for junk food and just calorie dense food is a good strategy not always practical because sometimes we have something like um a family member gave you some cookies so how do you say no so this is a tricky negotiation between parties and it really depends on the on your relationship with them um there's so you know so many different relationships are very very unique i'll give a couple different ideas to help you brainstorm but i don't know you and i don't know your so's mom so uh that can really make a big difference but <laughs> would it be okay to just have a single cookie right i'm just gonna throw out a bunch of different ideas and it's up to you to figure out what's gonna work but would it be okay just to have a single cookie and then accept it enjoy it thank you thank them for that and that's it and move on right a single cookie is like what 100 200 300 calories not the end of the world it's it's still perhaps more calories than you would have wanted but it's not the end of the world to just have a little bit but maybe that's not enough maybe they keep pushing for it well would you be okay in talking about your health and fitness goals but why you want to do this for you this is not about her this is about you this is about you trying to improve your health or stick to some goals how would that conversation go um some people might be hurt some people might be like oh okay that makes sense oh wow i didn't know i didn't know you were doing this for you thank you for telling me that you were doing this for you that makes a lot of sense yeah no worries other people might be hurt their ego might be hurt 
and they might say something like, 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 like are you are calling, you calling me, fat me fat because I eat my own cookies and you're trying to lose weight? What is wrong with you? You don't, what are you trying to say about me? So that's not unheard of either, where, where people's, uh, the crab mentality, trying to like pull each other down, their ego might flare up and they may feel attacked. So everyone's kind of different in all these different relationships, but you know, take some time, you know, this, you know, these people. So take some time to think about how this conversation might go. Um, because they may think it's about them and you might have to assure them like, this isn't about like your cookies are fantastic. I actually want to eat a lot of these. It's just right now I'm going through like a cutting phase or I'm, I'm dieting down and this is what I'm doing. Um, I also find that having specific language in these situations can sometimes help a lot. So, um, if, for example, you think the other person is going to argue with you about this, then it helps for you to have confidence going into this and using specific language. So what I mean is, um, <coughs> I'll give this example. I was doing a refeed day. So I was having a, 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 a lunch with some coworkers and I was doing a refeed, a refeed, exclamation mark refeed. You guys don't see the, the long story on that. It's basically um, while you're dieting down, you do an intentional high carb day. OK, that's that's a simple one sentence answer. I was doing a refeed day, so I was actually eating a lot of a lot of carbs that day. And it was a, a team lunch it was like 12 of us. And during that lunch, uh, one other person had previously noticed I was losing weight because I was dieting down. And he commented on that. I was explaining to him that I was cutting all that stuff. Right. So one guy actually knew I was dieting down. And so during this lunch, he um, he said he basically uh, noticed that I was eating a lot of carbs. You know, I was just like gorging on food during the lunch. And he said he said to me, Tom, wait, aren't you dieting down right now? And then everyone, everyone stopped and looked at me and it was just silence. Is Tom dieting down? He's the leanest and most in shape out of all of us. Why is Tom doing? Did I hear that right? Tom's on a diet. He's on a diet. What's he? Why is he on a diet? Why is he doing this? He's on a diet. What the hell is wrong with him? <clears throat> and so that kind of conversation can happen very easily. So I quickly said, yeah, exactly. So like, it, it's very easy. People like, what the hell? Like, is he okay? Does he have body image issues? Like, is he like unhealthy? Is something, is something wrong? Um, a lot of different people have their different predispositions why they might think that. But regardless, I said, actually, right now I'm doing a refeed day, which is an intentional uh, high carbohydrate day. And I'm not really dieting. I'm actually doing a cut, which is preserving muscle and a burning fat phase. So I use very specific language and I was very confident in my answers. And so most people after that response are like, oh, OK, yeah, OK, whatever. All right. Tom knows what he's doing, whatever. So they, they ignored it. They moved on. One guy, though, said. So you're so you're uh, dieting down. So you're trying to lose weight. So you're on a diet. He's something along those lines. And I said, hold on. When you say diet, are you thinking chicken breast and broccoli and starving myself? He's like, yeah, like that's that's not what I'm doing. I'm still eating the foods I enjoy, um, just reducing calories because to get a calorie deficit, then I can start losing the weight. So uh, losing the fat, really. And then that kind of, um, you know, satisfied him. My point being in that story is a lot of times um, you can deflect some of these uh uh, some of these attacks for lack of a better word, if you're specific and you're confident in your knowledge and what you want, what it is you're trying to do. Uh, otherwise, if I had said something like something very nonspecific and very generic, like uh, if someone said, you're Tom, you're on a diet. And I was like, um, yeah, I'm doing this uh, thing to uh, lose weight. Like uh, it's, it's called 
keto? Then everyone at that point, if I had done that, everyone would have been like, like oh, Tom, Tom, let me let tell you, tell you, let me tell you about, about what you need to be doing and this and that. that. Let me give you advice about how you should be doing this diet and that. Oh, no, it's not about keto. It's about vegan. It's about paleo. You got to do the carb. Don't do the carb. Blah, 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 blah. Everyone would have been arguing about that. About like, throwing in their opinion. If I seem like I was not confident, I wasn't sure what I was doing. So all this is about negotiating how to talk to Family, family members, members or, or friends, friends all, all that, that stuff. Stuff, stuff that's an important aspect of you got every situation is different how to negotiate this stuff and what else to say about this um <clears throat> that's it in a nutshell like i would be thinking about how would this person react why do they want this like do they think that i am rejecting them and i think their food is bad like, is this their, just their culture of they want to feed people and make people happy and make them feel good, right? So uh, thinking about where they're coming from when they're wanting to eat cookies and which of these responses you think will work, let me know. Adamant says, how do I refuse my wife sex for more testosterone? To maximize that testosterone. One weird trick to maximize testosterone, be a celibate monk. The weird trick no um that kind of stuff don't don't worry too much about it like the difference between having sex or not having sex or doing uh doing squats to bring up testosterone or any of those one weird tricks to bring up testosterone the difference it's gonna make is very small our testosterone will go up and down a little bit throughout the day uh, which is actually the normal cycle of testosterone, which is it's highest in the morning when we first wake up and then it slowly starts dipping throughout the day. When you sleep, it spikes back up and it recovers. Um, that's basically what happens. Like the longer you sleep, sleep is anabolic, guys. Sleep. One secret trick for testosterone and steroids, sleep. As you sleep, your testosterone comes back up. And then when you wake up, it stops coming back up and starts slowly coming back. This is a normal cycle of testosterone, up and down, up and down. Um, when you do stuff like you have sex, when you do stuff like you um, or not have sex, like let's be real, you're in COVID-19 right now. And if you're by yourself, then you're probably going to be not having sex with anybody for a while. Oops, wrong button. Anyway, um, so all that being said, if you want to try to bring up testosterone up or down for the for the purpose of gains, um, don't worry that much about trying to manipulate those things what matters more is how do you feel with the timing of these activities and in general of course everything matters under calories and training and progressive tension overload meaning your calories will determine your body composition plus your uh, or, or your weight gain or weight loss plus per, things like progressive tension overload where over time you're getting stronger you're doing more volume things of that nature is gonna make a huge difference for your gains not trying to manipulate when you ejaculate or not now, that being said, if you notice cranking one right before a workout makes you perform worse, that in itself probably matters way more than all these studies about like, oh, yeah, it makes a small difference here or there, which it goes back to baseline in, in you know, an X number of hours or days. Focus more on just how you generally feel and which one's helping you reach your goal of sticking to calories and sticking to your workout and performing better. So personally, after letting one loose, I feel kind of tired and sleepy and I don't feel like we're lifting weights. So it's not a beneficial thing for me. Um, 
that kind of activity is not beneficial for performance. So I don't want to do that, you know, right before a set. So that's just me. Uh, how about you guys? How about you guys share, 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 show pictures. Wait, no, wait, wrong, wrong stream. This isn't browsers. Anyway, Adam says follow up. So if it doesn't matter if I get but some miracle, some miracle get sex two times a day. <laughs> <laughs> Adam here, living the dream life, being <laughs> married, and somehow getting sex more than once per day. Who is this guy? Who do you think he is? This comedian here, Adam Man. Uh, no, but seriously, uh, again, it goes back to the uh, how do you feel and what's the timing like? So does, does it make you feel tired? Uh, not married, lied in the question. So go by, go by feeling in the practical implications of what does it do for your performance when you're gonna go work out or the next day. If this podcast earned it, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. We're new to the podcast space and we will be reading all the feedback. Also, if you like the content, follow us on twitch.tv slash time and keep notifications on for when we go live. Feed your brain, feed your body, and we'll see you next time.